ain't no money in poetry. You are going for a walk right now, Ricky. You know who could be out there. We're going for a nice little stroll so I can calmly explain a couple of matters to our friend here. We left the apartment to the sounds of a beer bottle being briskly tossed into the garbage can, a baby scream, and Siegel yelling, Here we go! House Dad to the rescue! It was well after midnight, and the wake-up time was only hours away. I found myself not caring. This was the most time I've spent with anyone I wasn't training in years, and it was the one person I'd been dreaming of spending time with since I first saw her. Clips of movies flashed through my head of couples taking night strolls. My hands were in my pocket, but I let them come out, just to be available in case of the possibility human contact was nearby. I'm so sorry about Seagull, he's a weird guy and not subtle when it comes to... Ricky stopped suddenly as we turned a corner near 4th Avenue. Her mouth made a motion. I thought she might have said footsteps. What did you say? Nothing. Let's turn over this way. I think there's an all-night diner of some sort. We can grab some coffee. As we walked, Ricky kept glancing over her shoulder. Her hand kept drifting to her thigh. Her head tilted and swiveled to each noise as we made it closer to the coffee shop. This is going to sound weird, Thomas, but do you trust me, huh? I, I, well, yes. For some reason, I really do. Then I need you to do something for me and not ask questions. I need you to keep walking past the coffee shop and go home. I'll explain everything soon. Uh, is something the matter? Is Seagull that pissed off? No. And again, please don't worry and just trust me. There are a couple of people following us right now and it's better if they don't see you. What about you? With a scary amount of confidence. I'll be fine. Uh-huh. Something metal slipped from her sleeve as Ricky spoke these last words, and the clink-clink of her silver beads hit the pavement. Something in me reached out and grabbed two as they bounced toward me. Now go! Ricky doesn't show up for her next shift the next day. Or the next. I begin to panic, and for the third consecutive day, start making drive-bys of her apartment. Her car isn't there, and there are no signs of life, no matter what time of day it is, and there are always the same two lights on. I think about peeking through the blinds until I realize they are indeed on the wrong side of the glass. I get out anyway and look around, hoping for, I don't know, a quick knock from inside of a window with Ricky's face behind it beckoning me to come in. The area is trashed. For all the beautiful furnishings magically acquired on the inside of their place, Siegel and Ricky did very little to spruce up the outside. I kick around at piles of trash near the back of the complex, my fingers ideally fiddling with the beads that had fallen off Ricky's shirt sleeve. They were magnets, but one-sided magnets without the metal opposing piece that would have kept them in place, and to me that meant exactly nothing. For no apparent reason that I can come up with, no matter how far in the future you would ask, I try the back door and find it open. Entering, I can tell they haven't been there. There's formula spoiling on the counter and the stink of diapers comes in waves out of the trash can, nearly knocking me over. I get out of the kitchen and continue to look around for anything. I'm not even sure what. I'm far from a detective. The only observations I can really make is that the books on the shelves aren't alphabetical, and that damn near every appliance, knick-knack, and electronic is from the company. If I had to ballpark it, I would easily put it as $20,000 worth of merchandise.
Who is this girl? Other than the smell and the lack of anal retentive organization, the place is remarkably clean, with every stolen product in perfect position. I look around bedrooms, find Ricky's, and shame myself for a moment as I smother my face into her pillow, breathing her in. Looking up, hoping to God there was no one behind me with a camera, I noticed a framed photograph. It's a picture of my sister. She's sitting on white sheets with her sons around her, and they're all placing their hands on her swollen belly. The boys are laughing, and she is smiling. The smile of motherhood and pride. I've seen the movies. I grab the picture, open up the backing to examine the back of the photograph. This is where a private note will be telling me where she is and how to find her, as well as her deep, unfaltering, and undenying devotion and love for me. There is nothing. No address. No explanation, no sonnets, just blank white paper. I have nothing to do. Ricky is a ghost, as far as the company is concerned, and I haven't heard anything from her. I create every social media account in existence to check in on my sister more and more. I buy a cell phone so I can receive notifications every time she posts a picture of one of the boys or checks in at a pizza buffet. My accounts are littered with personal information in case Ricky wants to find me. I find an old bottle cap and attach her beads to my shirt wherever I go. I don't know what they meant to her, but at this point, they're all I have and I cherish them. My pull-up bar is taking a beating. I don't know what Ricky was so ready for that night or why she had to be the brave one, but I know that if I can't lift a case of water without developing a hemorrhoid, then I'm no use to anyone. I've actually developed somewhat of a routine and find myself double-taking my own image as I walk past a mirror. I may or may not have flexed once or twice. I imagine us moving into our first place, her short denim shorts and sleeveless white top, bandana pulling back her hair. She is sitting in the shade drinking a bottle of water, watching me as I lift a particularly heavy tabletop, threading the needle as I turn it just right to get it through the threshold. Perhaps her eyes light up just so. Just enough as she sees me lift said table. Besides, I still imagine my couch scene with her. I take it that I must be a fairly decent human being if my recurring fantasy doesn't involve reverse cowgirl or strap-on vibrating penises the size of a toddler's forearm. I want her for the romance, for the warmth, for the weeding verse. But really, I just want to know where she is and if she's safe and about a hundred other things. Trying to I fuck with you. 
the usual alarm rings at the usual time and I'm ready. I roll out of bed on the floor and knock out push-ups until I collapse. The numbers stopped mattering a long time ago. It's now about the minutes in between beginning and ending. It's been two months since my walk with Ricky. Details of her appearance and her smell are fading, gradually disappearing into nothing. Bits and pieces, like clips from a movie you love but haven't seen in years. I find myself focusing on my strength and health, muscle mass. I don't want bulk, but strength. I realized it was time to replace my work wardrobe when my belts ran out of holes and my shirts looked like a child wearing his father's shirt. I haven't turned on my television in days. I've broken two pull-up bars and had to replace my door frame. I own free weights from 15 to 50 pounds and a series of bungee cords I use religiously. I've joined a gym and have begun boxing class. Funny enough, I'm good at it. My trainer says I had a lot of pent-up rage and ridiculously quick hands. I never knew the beauty in a perfect punch. It's satisfying. More so than crisp jean edges and well-stocked shells. I see the face of Joseph, of Christy, occasionally Siegel. I see the face of all the customers that fuck up perfectly folded stacked dresses and dresswear. Breakfast is a protein shake that tastes like strawberry chalk. I finish it, unwrap a piece of unseasoned chicken breast from last night, and eat it straight from the fridge. I remember when descending the steps made my lungs hurt. Tomorrow is Halloween. Eight days from now is my sister's due date. For the first time since starting with the company, I'm cashing in vacation without it being forced on me. My vacations used to consist of Netflix binges and so much alcohol, it would kill a pony. I haven't drunk in weeks. Empty calories. The last time I drank, I woke up unable to finish my jog, and I could smell booze seeping out of my pores. Two weeks is the maximum amount of vacation time the company will allow, and in the amazing forward thinking of retail, it's just the right amount of time for me to be with my sister for the birth and be back before the Christmas planogram set, which I was told I must attend. Some of this is to protect my sister, be a better brother and uncle, but most of it, honestly, I just hope she shows up. I'm not deluding myself into thinking this trip isn't completely about hope. I can't remember the last time I went to Alabama where there wasn't a funeral involved. I have one more day at the company before heading out. I show up a minute before I'm late and rush in the door with my shirt not tucked in and just in time to clock in. My desk is littered with files. Files covered in sticky notes every shade of the rainbow, each color representing a different error I've made somewhere within. Tommy boy! Christ, fuck, crap. Yes, Joseph? Uh, Captain, sir? Just cleaning up a bit. Good! Your desk looks like Hiroshima. I'm surprised there aren't mutant Asians trying to build shelters out of all that crap. Fix it up and see me in my quarters. In my mind, I'm in the ring. His face is a punching bag. I'm destroying that perfect nose. He's spitting teeth out, begging me to stop. For the first time in my life, I realized that I could absolutely win. Tommy boy, I need you on the cameras today. Stephanie is claiming that our child is sick with a cold, if you get me. I take this as an opportunity to do as little as possible before leaving. I grab a bottle of water and head to the security room, realizing that this will be a perfect time for a few sets of crunches and push-ups. I see nothing surprising. Teenagers stealing lipstick. A kid trying to get the spider wrap off a gaming controller before giving up. A heavyset lady in grocery that just keeps eating grapes. My mind drifts to Ricky. I find myself smiling, fully content in memory. 
I'm remembering the last time when she somehow avoided the wrath of the good captain. I think of these things right up until the point when I see Jesse talking to a girl I know to be 17 years old. As I watch him whisper in her ear, I zoom in so I can see the visible discomfort on her face. She shakes her head no, turns to leave until he grabs her arm and keeps whispering. The look on his face has changed. He's holding out his cell phone to show her and pulls it just out of reach as she tries to grab it. Her arms are folded against her chest as she nods to him. The camera is focused on his victorious smile and what is probably a tear streaming down the side of her face. He takes her by the wrist and starts walking toward the fitting room. She follows behind, defeated like a child being dragged from the toy department. My fist clench. It's when the attendant gives the thumbs up and casually looks away that I stand up in my chair. It's the distance across the store to the dressing rooms, and I'll walk the walk of mall walkers, fast and determined, no glancing to the left or right. I pass through the dressing room security, a 60-year-old woman on her cell phone, and start kicking in doors. On the third door, I'm greeted by the bare ass of Jessie, pumping furiously into the ass of this poor girl. Her pure white panties dangle between her knees and ankles. A stream of blood is running down her thigh. The full-length mirror shows her face, full with mascara tears that run down to her chin. Jesse turns around, smiling. I don't hesitate to punch him directly in the nose. I can hear the crack of the bridge breaking and feel the warmth of the blood splatter against my face. Someone once told me never to fight a man with his pants down. I took this to be the utmost advantage in my fight. However, Jesse did not. Pants down and all, the nose breaking didn't seem to matter. Penis out, he still managed to hit me square in the face three times before the training kicked in and I fielded his punches. After one blocked punch, I went straight to his abdomen, knocking the wind out of him. Then I went cheap. I never fought someone that wasn't willing before and wasn't about to let this asshole beat me. My next punch was directly yeah, to the throat, throat you, followed by huh? another to the bridge of the nose, breaking it again. This left him a mess of tears and dry heaves as he struggled for breath. Lastly, though I'm not proud of this, I kicked him in the junk as hard as I possibly could. I figured his balls deserved some pain for all the nuts he'd popped off in unwilling girls. Down on the floor, I could have left him there to cry and clutch, defenseless as he was. But hell, I knew at this point I no longer had a job, and I was sure the cops were on their way, so I gave him one solid kick in the abdomen, walked behind him, and gave him another one in the spine. I grabbed a full-length skirt off the rack of returns and handed it to the girl who embraced me crying. Put this on before people start showing up. Then, if you need to, please kick this son of a bitch as many times as you'd like. I've covered most of the sensitive areas, but there's plenty of him that won't be in pain tomorrow if you'd like to correct that. I'll stay with you until the police get here. Jesse and I were both fired that day. Amazing how raping a girl and stopping a girl from being raped hold the same punishment when a zero-tolerance policy is enforced. Clearly, my vacation was extended, and it was time to go. The drive was easier than expected. I didn't bring a map or a GPS, just took every sign that said south until I reached Huntsville, Alabama, the Rocket City. Christopher Moore's bite me kept me company during the drive, along with abdomen and ass crunches. I pulled up to my sister's house, a two-story cookie-cutter semi-mansion that looked almost exactly the same as every one of the neighbors. It had red brick 
and an oval window where the kids' playroom was. The mailbox was surrounded by flowers that were drooping from lack of watering. The grass needed cutting. My sister was amazed to hear that I was coming down. She gave the corny, Who are you and what did you do with my brother line that's in every sitcom ever written. I don't know, kids. I've never been the guy that makes a mother smile by chatting with their son or daughter. I talk to kids in a strangely adult manner that just makes parents bored and possibly think I'm a creep. Hey, you you like toys, huh? You like Batman. There's Batman stuff on aisle 23. Dark Knight, right? Huh? Huh? Yeah, he fights the Joker. That's what he does. I bought so many toys for these kids. I don't know them, so I don't know what they like. I ended up with a combination of future athlete and promising nerd. So basically footballs and action figures. I was greeted at the door with the confused, terrified eyes of a boy that sees a stranger. This was followed by a piercing yell for Mom! and an immediate sprint up a nearby stairwell. Then the female version of myself came out of the kitchen with the biggest smile I'd ever seen. She threw her arms around me, put her mouth up to my ear and said, Don't ever stay away from the family for this long, you jackass. I'm here. I'm sorry. I know. Come come on and sit down. The house was remarkably clean and comfortable. There was a TV room, but also a sitting room with comfortable couches and chairs facing one another, as though these people actually had conversations with people instead of just zoning out in front of a movie. There was, of course, a massive amount of toys throughout the house, but these also seemed to be organized in a way that would benefit the kids without the parents going crazy. Nothing was scattered. There were bins for each type of toy. An old oven rack was used for wooden puzzles. There was even a section of the living room blocked off so the big kids could enter, but the babies couldn't. As the kids stared at me, I wondered, when is it appropriate to give them presents? I may have missed, well, every birthday you ever had, but here's a really great Tonka truck. The awkwardness of having so many eyes on me was broken by my brother-in-law entering the room. I've never met the guy, only seen pictures from social media of the wedding, but I knew him to be a big smiler and a hell of a nice dresser. We're so glad you could come to finally meet you. After all the stories of you two growing up and to never have met you, God, man, I'm just glad you're here. Uh, Me too. Good. Come sit down already. Let me get you a beer. We've lost a decade already of knowing each other. I spent the night getting to know my family again. We ate and drank and talked for hours. I told stories of retail nightmares and was awarded with genuine laughter. The kids grew to me and started to fight over who would sit on my lap. My years of watching wrestling paid off as I suplexed, powerbomb, and DDT'd these beautiful children into mattresses. I brought out the toys and played with them for what seemed like an endless, perfect evening. I almost regretted the reservation I had made at a nearby hotel. I was offered an amazing guest room and hated the look on my sister's face when I turned it down. So many years of relying on myself made me unaware that normal families give you a bed when you travel to visit them. The hotel was a shabby affair. The lights in the hallway had the horror film blinking to them that made me look for mysterious twins and dolls with one arm. The door to my room creaked as I opened it. No surprise there. I shut and locked the door with a little iron hoop that must have been more cost efficient than the chain. I flipped the light and turned around. Ricky is sitting on the bed. It is the hallmark of a great author to leave his audience wanting more. 
and my brain is wetter than a thunderstorm sandwich with anticipation for more of this tale of Thomas. My loins ache to receive the whole entity into my being, but alas, these are the only words that the unknown author has given us. All right, we are back for episode number 16 of Cold Dog Soup. Oh, baby. Episode 5 of The Retail Legacy. I promised you last time, Creole, that something would happen. We finally had some action, thank God. We got some action, Creole. It's been like four and a half hours of this podcast. We finally had an exciting incident happen. This is it too. Uh, and and by the way, guys, we are talking. Uh, we originally said that it was six parts, right? And that could, but it happens. We're ending it here. This is the final episode of the original story of retail. Yes. Okay. We finally made it, man. It, it's been a long, arduous journey, guys, and we've made it. Guys, let's, let's give ourselves an hour There's a, a round of applause. Those tattoos are just... How do you keep those tattoos so good? It's like we were They're so fresh. It's like you just got them. Like we were thrusting into the hearts of literature. It's amazing. We finally made we it, but it's... pulled literature's little white panties And down. thank you, <laughs> and thank you, dear listener, <laughs> thrust right into for, it. For, for sticking with us. So we ended episode uh, part four. Rear ended. Yeah. Rear ended la- episode four with "fuck you, single. Come on, Thomas, let's go for a walk." <laughs> so our protagonist uh, goes to visit. I think Rick. at the end of this episode, we now know we can call him our protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would. He would definitely he turns step into up. A, a major bro. <laughs> so or a cock blocker. <laughs> Tommy Boy is a rape blocker. That will will that you you, you just you just heard allegedly allegedly yeah well yeah and and again we'll get, we'll we'll get to that as well. Um, but so Tommy Boy goes to visit Ricky, and Siegel gets a little too interested in what's hey, going man, on. Hey man, what's going on with your sister? Like is she dilated? Oh, like, like, is the baby doing? Is the baby coming soon? The baby needs to see the world. So Siegel says, come on, Thomas, let's go for a walk. So So here we are. Originally. How long did it take till we get this dude's name? Like well, 17, we, 18 we pages in? We could basically rule out the fact that his name was not, not Tommy Boy because my hero and yours, Joseph, called him Tommy Boy and Tommy Boy said, that's, that's not my name. But it's a <laughs> derivative of Thomas. Yeah. Like it's really exactly. close. Like 90% of the letters exactly. are in both names. Yeah. Now, Hankins, your name is... Well, first name Lawrence, aka Larry, <laughs> aka Matthew, aka uh-huh. Matt. If someone called you any one of those names, you would be fine with it. Like, you give him name. a pass. That's that my name. name. His first, his full name is Larold Matthew M A T T I E U Hanktown. That's it. That's my full. Cool, cool, cool. But if anyone give you any sort of derivative, L M. Hey L M. What's me. up? You would be me. fine with Hank, it. Hank. I've been called Hank before. That's me. Matt, that's me. Phew, 
That's me. Just don't call me late for dinner, am I right? That was Sean slapping his own hand. I want that to be on record. So Ricky tries to go for a walk with Thomas, whose his name is Thomas. His name is Thomas. His name was Thomas Paul. Thomas Paul. His name was Thomas Paul. His name was Thomas Paul. Well, you know. Oh, we get a fight yeah. happening. He, uh, Siegel then says, You're not going for a walk no. right now, Ricky. No. You know who could be out there. Who? Werewolves? Vampires? vampires <sighs> something else? Or something entirely. else entirely. Uh, That's what I don't get. Now, we, some sort of monster that sprays formula on people's shoulders? Our dear listeners, this, you've heard the entire story now. So, what I don't get is we never find out what was out there. Nope. And that is the ultimate, like, cocktail. Oh, yeah, that's great. We don't have to, we can, there is no more spoiler alerts. It's all, yeah, this is it. It's all, it's all been put out there. There is one major one that we know that is not in the T. That's right. That is true. Can we say that now? I think no, that could, we might, we might not go that route. Okay, episode six. Episode six. So, this is one of my, there are a lot of, a-plus readings from Hankins in this hour of, of radio theater. <laughs> theater of the Mind. Teatro. That's absurd. what we call it in the biz. It's Theater of the Mind. Was that the name of the band that... No, Dream Theater. That <laughs> Dream Theater there. that did the 9-11 cover. Um, I wrote the podcast that's discussing episode 5 tackles terrible musical reactions to 9-11. Check it out. Ricky says... We are going for a nice little stroll so I can calmly explain a couple of matters to our, our friend, friend here. And then, I oh no, 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 sorry, I thought this was where she goes, huh, huh. <laughs> no, this later when she gets very Why do you think that serious. she felt the need to get out of the house? Was it because Siegel was being Siegel's too was pushy? Siegel was going... But why not let Siegel present it, man? He's very reliable with that... sink baby cults, is all I'm <laughs> With that facial hair, like, I trust people with facial hair more than the clean shave. I think Siegel is just... 100% right, group. I think Siegel is probably just interested in what... Our new friend is is talking about because literally the only source of entertainment is that DVD of Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> call a baby. Yeah. That's been playing on repeat. And I mean, yeah, they just loop that. He sees a bro. He sees a fellow bro in the making. He wanted to drink a beer and have a big ass turkey leg from big the turkey leg. Oh, shirts without from, a doubt. from the vintage from line was what was it called? <laughs> venture, venture, <laughs> venture. <laughs> I really hope the Venture line was just shit featuring the Venture Brothers. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so they were all excited. By the way, the voice of Doctor Thaddeus Venture is a character. In, uh, this is Buffy. It's Venture Brothers. So oh, okay. Close. The, the guy who voices Doctor <laughs> Thaddeus Venture is an actor in Difficult People. Does he also have jokes that never land? They land, baby. They're so boom, boom, boom. This is Sully Sullenberger over here. <laughs> they landed. He landed. Yeah, he crash landed. Thank you. Yeah, like a fucking great joke. We left the apartment to the sounds of a beer bottle being briskly tossed into the garbage can, a baby scream, and Seagull yelling. The baby screamed. Here we go. How's that dad to the rescue? So, so Seagull's like, you can't go out. And she goes, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go out. So does he... Oh, okay, okay. I finally get this. Siegel is now what? saying... So Siegel is saying he is the house dad. He is the house dad. Here we go. Crooked house dad. 
House Dad's gotta go take care of beeswax. House. <laughs> Wait, I thought he was talking about Tommy. House Dad has to has to skip to chapter seven of three <laughs> three dads and a seagull. I thought he's talking about Tommy as the house dad. Uh-oh, Tommy no, is no, rescuing no, no, no. Siegel, this situation. Seagull is the one having Ricky to go. Ricky is leaving. Right? Yes. Abdicating her responsibility of taking care of the DVD of Oh. <laughs> and so Seagull is now great. Yeah, yeah, great. I'll take care of it. By the way, it. house dad is just like a father? Like, yeah. it's... It's like, but he doesn't want to claim to be the father right. of the DVD. The as, as far as we know right now, he is a brother. Well, I think he's making a big distinction between being a house dad or a ghost dad, which means that you put stuff in women's drinks and rape them. R.I.P. Bill dad. Cosby. Hashtag Cosby. Put him in a hearse. Put him in a hearse. Bill Cosby in a hearse. If you, our dear listener, would like to. Create a a new verse of "We Didn't Start the Fire," popularized by Billy Joel. Please do that. Send it to us. You can even just write it, and we'll perform it. It's fine. We've um, just that's become our new uh, obsession. Creel Creel was primetime player to point out that there are several videos on YouTube of people making new verses to that uh, "We Didn't Start the Fire." And one of them includes Whitney the line. Houston in a tub. <laughs> yeah, the song's very lyrical, and you can like weave stuff in. The fire. You can weave stuff in, weave it out. It yeah. all kind of fits and in that, honestly, that rhyme you can talk scheme. Talk about something that happened in 1988, and then something that happened in 2016. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You can you can jib jab. You can j- jib jump. Weinstein, C.K. Trump. Grab him by the pussy, hey. It all kind of we fits. It could be the perfect song. The tiny hands. We didn't mm. start the fire. Speaking of tiny hands. I read. He wrote the art of the deal. Stupid football players taking nails. <laughs> I'm fired. I'm fired. I'm fired. It's pretty good. Too many souls. Um, so they're, they're out on the walk. They go on the walk. Ricky and, and ah, fucking Seagull. They have beef, man. They're going. They're going on the walk. It was well after midnight. <clears throat> Soon after midnight. After and midnight. We're gonna let it all hang down. I was. I was thinking. After midnight, walking after midnight by Patsy Klein. Sure. We go out walking. Boom, boom, boom. After I'm a midnight. Or a werewolf. Uh, 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 Just like something else entirely. <laughs> I'm a werewolf ghost. So they're out there on the host roll. And fucking, what's so funny about this part is Tommy Boy thinks it's all happening. Oh, he oh, thinks he's getting he's it in. Tommy he like, wants to get that happening. dick wet. <laughs> he's like, he's like starting to tear a condom. <laughs> Just in case. I don't want to mess the moment up. He even says he gets his hand out in case human contact. Human contact. Human contact is, is intimate. God damn it. A robot wrote this. <laughs> my hands were in my pockets, but I let up. Oh, sorry. My hands were in my pockets, but I let them come out just to be available in case the possibility of human, human contact, contact is nearby. 
and my squeaking wheels gave us away. Do you think? <laughs> do you think Tom? Do you think Tommy is a virgin or has had the sex? Uh, I think he's a virgin robot. He's a, definitely a virgin. A virgin robot. robot. Yes, I think he's who's a robot. learning to have feelings. Because he mentioned earlier when that he would, was asexual. I think he has to learn what That is sexual. true. <laughs> but how does a virgin robot lose the virginity? He has you know? sex. They, they're still like physically like the same as, as us? Well, it's like, a, it's like when an airplane refuels. You got the hose that comes down, and you line the nozzle up. And just, is he the know. hose or the airplane? It, I, it depends on what kind of robot. I'm trying. not here to determine how he identifies. Oh. Yeah. His yeah. pronouns, his journey. It's very true. By the way, shout out to the first ever transgender gay robot. individual. <laughs> the first gay robot, Tommy Boy. <laughs> Many props. Can you imagine all like the hurdles in his life? Like mm-hmm. first being a robot, then a gay Another robot. What? How many robot tufts would have been giving him the business on the schoolyard? Yeah. Ah ah ah! You want to rub? Hey, with me. Why ah, do, ah, why, ah. why don't we play smear the queer? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. no, that's no. that's not okay. No, that's not okay. No, no, you will not interface. Us. <laughs> you will not interface us. 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 Fuck, that was that was, that was lucky. All right, so they're out there on this walk, and then all of a sudden, sorry about saying there's a word God. Not so subtle when it comes to. Blank. Was that your wheel squeaking robot, or was there someone behind us? <laughs> Ricky stopped suddenly as we turned a corner near Fourth Avenue. Why so descriptive with know. the street name well, we and number? We don't even know where they are. We know the, the black world. part of town. They're not in black part of town. Alabama. We know that's all we know is they're north that's where they of end Huntsville. Because he has to. Yeah, he, her mouth made a motion. He could be in Ardmore. Or Alaska, Maine, yeah. for all we know. <laughs> Thought she might... Oh, yeah, because it's, it is north of Huntsville. That's all we know. But it's a city with a 4th Avenue. So it's anybody city. with a 1st, 2nd, or 3rd, only, you're out. They're walking down the club strip in Nashville. We got pretty, some pretty good cities with 4th uh, Avenues, don't we? Milwaukee. Cincinnati. Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> Minneapolis. Davis, California, Anchorage. Oh, I was gonna go Alaska too. I was just Rochester, <laughs> Charlottesville. The Ad- you will not <laughs> replace them. You will not so replace Rick, the suddenly as we turn. By the way, why? Why does it matter? Somewhere in the corner near Fourth Avenue, you know. Oh, you know you the Fourth Avenue. Avenue. Come on, guys! Oh. Right, right there at that corner where all those monsters always congregate and chase people. Fourth ma- Avenue, not Third Avenue. I thought she might have said. <laughs> I guess her mouth made a motion, but he doesn't say whether or not sound also came out. Which I mean, this robot doesn't have. He doesn't. Audio so he's inputs. staring at her lips like a lip reader. He's a deaf robot. Yeah, a deaf gay. Transgender W A T E R Wata <laughs> Wata Helen. Hold on, hold on, guys. W-A-T-E-R. Guys, transgender communist robot. Are we ruling out? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Are we ruling out the possibility that it is just Stephen Hawking? Is Tommy oh, Lee? Could be. Because things a gay Stephen Hawking. Things that I know about Stephen Hawking. Listen, his name is not Tommy. Number one, true. He wrote a book. 
True. True. That's number two. He's had a job. That's number three. I mean, that's the rule of threes. We're done. (laughs) I think this is conclusive evidence that our narrator... This is Stephen Hawking. It's not a robot. Stephen Hawking. It's Stephen Hawking. It's just lost in translation. Featuring Bill Murray. What do you think he said to her at the end? Let me touch them hooters. <laughs> Let me touch. <laughs> so that's why, like, when he gets up to the like the door at the store, he doesn't go to the handicap entrance. So thus, it doesn't open that's for it. him as he's used. He doesn't to. push that button. Yeah, that's why what happened. You know, like episode one, episode two happened, and that's why also his car like smells like cigarettes. It's really like the fumes from like the wheels and stuff in his yeah. in his rig yeah, that so he rides around in. Yeah, it's, it's like powered by coal. So that's why he always smells. Yeah. No, that makes. Um, I'm in. I'm, I'm convinced. And you know that he can only eat chicken, right? Because of his disease. Like, you have to eat the chicken. That is a classic symptom of Stephen Hawking. What is Stephen Hawking? I'm have? not a- Lou Gehrig's? ALS. Was, it's ALS. Was, it's probably ALS. MLS. Go United. Vamos and Which one? <laughs> uh. So, Tommy Boy wants to... What did you say? Tommy Boy wants to clarify, what did you say? Ricky says, no, nothing, let's turn over this way, which I... This is exactly what you want to do I guess when, it's D Street, because they're on that classic corner of D Street D and 4th Avenue. This is exactly what you want to do when somebody thinks you're being followed and has mouthed the word footsteps to you inaudibly. You want to definitely yell out, What? What is it you're saying to me very quietly? Tango, Tango, Foxtrot, this is where we're at. Is there danger? Where are we? <laughs> Ricky! Echo! 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 Camera one! Camera one! Camera one! Camera two! Camera one! Oh god. They're gonna go grab some coffee. Ricky's talked him into coffee. Because they've already had a couple beers in Turkey. Oh, the cream comes later, though. Got a couple beers. Big turkey legs. Blueberries. Oh, you should be. But Ricky's not settled. She just keeps looking around. And her uh, hand kept drifting to her thigh. What a weird detail in retail. I think that's where his, who details retails. I think that's where her, where her cool the weird the word bulge was. The weird also sword or the beads. gathers in Ricky's. Pants. It's just a screwdriver. It's, it's not some weird like mythical like dagger. It's like, a fucking it's a screwdriver. Phillips head or flathead screwdriver. That's what it is. Also, the beads are down there. So they're being followed. She finally lets the cat out of the bag that something's following them. And um, they got to get out of there. And that's where she says, you got to go. Everything's going to be cool. But uh, you are way too much of a chump to be in this fucking fracas that I'm about to be in. There are six werewolves back there, and they are fucking pissed. (laughs) Now, do you think that Ricky's too good for Tommy... Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can say unequivocally. Fair enough. That's yes. that's where I wanted to make sure. Because no, I is, is she breaking up with him like forever? They're not going out. Oh, <laughs> that's right. He just gave her a ride home. That was it. Because a robot can't find love. Because she even said like, she if has... we were dating, like we would bone tonight. But well, we ain't we are dating. Definitely not dating. So that's off the table. She has such a poor attendance boning. record at work. They've met, they've seen each other in person four times. Hey, do life. you guys think Stephen Hawking can bone? Nope. Not getting into that. But he like can move those wheels though, I like think, strap something I onto think, those wheels and there was, let it I go read to a town. Story about him that he loves going to strip clubs, but I don't think that answers your question. What for like the atmosphere, the music? The music. Probably he really the, likes bad. Them music. hangers, them big hangers. 
in big, his face. Those big natties. Those natty daddies. Probably just the, the smell of uh, lavender perfume and chicken wings. Chicken wings, the smoke. Fish well, chicken sandwiches. He can only eat chicken That's sandwiches. True. That's true. Definitely Stephen Hawking. It's true. So this is where this is where this ha- where I I, I, w- I thought I was talking about earlier. Um, he spends a half a page saying, "You should go. Should I? Should I go? Yeah. Do you ask me? Should I stay or should I go? What about you? That's a shirt from the Clash. By the way, with somebody, it is. Oh, he hasn't. He hasn't had the montage yet. With with a scary amount of confidence, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's ready to go. Deep. We're finally seeing the true Ricky at last. Ricky in her true form. Yeah, true sound uh, something metal slipped from her sleeve. I'm so guess what? Guess what? Fucking beads are bad. Guess what it was? The beads. It was her damn beads. The clink, click of her silver beads hit the pavement. Something in me, darling, don't you go and cut. And Stephen Malamuka showed up out of nowhere, <laughs> reached out and grabbed two of them as they bounced toward me. Something in me. Uh, your brain sent a message to your. <laughs> wow, well, I should get that. Who? The no, fuck! Go. In a moment of terror, his his would be paramour has sent him away to save his robot ass. Ricky, don't you lose my beads? And she's ripped off her beads, which are now a weapon of some fashion. Are and they? he thinks I better take a couple keep fake. Are they a weapon or like a, a safeguard? Uh, something. A trinket. Uh, tracking tracking device. I don't know. A shield. But he steals two beads. They're magic ma- magnets. That's true. Magic we found out magnets? that they're one-sided magnets. What? Which when did that fucking happen? They're one-sided magnets. One-sided so. magnets. They're missing the piece that hold them together. So, I didn't. I missed that. So the, Way over my head. So just to recap, this is how they part ways. Okay, they go on the walk. Seagull's getting a little bit too friendly, and they hear footsteps. Ricky hears footsteps and says. You need to keep walking. I'll stop and deflect. I'm going to go down D Street. You take 4th, pass 5th, take a right on 6th, loop up, hit intersection, and then cross over. Intersection Avenue. (laughs) As I blow through the intersection, no one knows what happens next. And and so that's the last time he sees Ricky. Until the end. Well, I mean, it's not a spoiler because yeah, <laughs> yeah, they literally true. until the end of it. Ricky doesn't show up for her shift the next day. No shit. Or the next. Been eaten by or the next. I. Somebody made the comment up here. If this really turns out to be aware about <laughs> or something, I'm gonna laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> Well, this is like, so Ricky goes missing, and of course the narrator in his stalkerish fashion wants to real, find out where she is. And so he's going by her apartment and making a lot of drive-bys, which is creepy. Well, you know, in the black neighborhood, you come to expect that. With a lot of drive-bys, of course. <laughs> I saw Dangerous Minds. I know what happens. We've been spending most of our lives living in a gangster's paradise. Cultural touch point. Oh yeah, whatever happened in 1994, (laughs) South Central LA? That's all I know. Starring a white woman. That's all I know. Well, you know, to get through to them, you have to like go to the classroom. No, no, no! You don't just rap. You you get to the classroom. You turn that chair around. Around. That's how you relate to the. You put a baseball cap on backwards and you say. What up, 
Tom Berenger, the substitute. I don't like how sweaty LV was in that video. He was very sweaty. Very Way sweaty. too sweaty, so man. Sweaty? I don't sweaty, know. Uh, sweaty, sweaty was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweaty sweaty spaghetti. LV. LV was the name of the guy who who sang We've Been Spending Most of Our Lives with it. The guy that you only, the camera was just here going to the left side of his face. He was so sweaty. So sweaty. He was wet. Yeah. He was wet as fuck. He's a gangster's paradise. Well, we I have somebody like, that gets wet so later. Ricky so Ricky doesn't show up for her shifts the next day, blah, blah, blah. He does drive-bys of her apartment. Her car isn't there and there's no signs of life. All when the fuck did she get a car? All plants are... Now, very good point. Very good point. <laughs> No, no, she said she had car trouble the very first day because she showed up late because the two buck two woman in HR like right told her the wrong time. I guess Siegel has the car. Oh, he got to take care I of that DVD. Know. He's got to take care of that DVD. Yeah, yeah. He's got to stay home. With he's got to. He's got to take the DVD. The DVD's got to go to play dates. Yeah, remember, nothing in retail is a mistake. That so. DVD loves to go to the McDonald's play place. There are no signs of life. Plant. Plants have died out. Mineral, vegetable, animal. No life. <laughs> there are literally just dead cats strewn all over the place. Not a blade of grass anywhere to be seen. No matter what time of day it is, which means, I'm going to say a sample size for, to, to produce that statement. Sure, sure. He, he at least goes by her apartment five times. On the way to work. On lunch break. On his 15. On his 15. Where, where he drives three over. cigarettes. Drives back. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right. No matter do you, what do you think he does it, the Louis C.K. sort of scoping out of like staying in the car, but just like but pleasuring yeah, he, himself, he has, he has smelling for, her. He has like, for permission first. Oh. No matter what time of day it is, there is always there are always the same two. There it, it should be. There is always the same two lights on. What are these lights? Who cares? <laughs> Here's the thing. This is again, I, 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 I think. I think I mentioned like the the, the concept of uh, of Chekhov's gun. Yes, um, it was Chekhov's screwdriver. <laughs> Wait, what's Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's gun is the principle in movies that if you show a gun in the first act, that that gun has to be used in the third. Okay, I get every it. element in a story has to be necessary. Irrelevant elements should. He be He needs removed. to white explain this to you because my simple explanation. Yeah, is no, not good I enough. needed the official like Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but nothing in Elements retail... Elements not appear to make false promises and never coming into play. And that's all this show is. This, this, this show? This show? This show that we're kick, Kickstarter, our Kickstarter, uh, patreon.com slash TTF. Retail of two cities. Um, <laughs> that's really good. It was, it was the best, it was the worst of stories, it was it the was worst, worst of stories. stories. Uh, no, but th- this this is full of not Chekhov's guns, fucking beads that never pay off. Never. The same two lights on that that never, never pay off. A lot of formula everywhere. Everywhere. For- Always. Why did that fucking matter? It was every we time she showed up. We live in a world up. where like people uh, hate this. What happened Darn. to a mirror? Yeah, I want a mirror's backstory, front story to completion. I think about peeking through the blinds until I realize they are indeed on the wrong side of the glass. Help me, I don't boys. fucking get that. Help me with this. So Someone explain me. Because this is so dumb that I think it has made me dumb, and I don't know how blinds work. Can we say that... Can, can we... Let's, let's set a couple parameters here. Sure. 
he Tommy Boy is on the outside of her apartment when he when he when he's he, on the outside looking in. Okay. The granite. So he thinks about peeking through the blinds until he realizes they are indeed on the wrong side of the glass. Can we agree to the point that it doesn't matter where the blinds are on either side of the glass, if they're open, you can still peek through them. Uh-huh. Okay? Yes, whether, whether they're sure. on the outside sure. or in normal world when they're on the interior of a, of, a, of a building or in the upside down when they're on the outside. The inverse or whatever. So either sure. way, if they're open, you can still peek through them. Obviously, if they're on your side, you can feather them out. <laughs> I think about peeking through the blinds until I realize they are indeed on the wrong side of the glass. It makes me think that in Tommy Boy's world, the normal way of things is that blinds are on the exterior of a building. That people can determine when they want to see into your home. They get the choice. Hey, hey. (laughs) I want in. Hey. I want in. (laughs) I want in there. I want to peek in. I don't, I I, I still, I've read this now hundreds of times. I have performed it on hours on end. You commented, is he surprised that blind on the inside of a <laughs> And I still don't have a fucking clue what this could well, mean. Well, all of this, yes, you've laid the groundwork. It makes all you, What you said makes perfect sense. The only sort of like chime in I have, which can sort of counteract it, is Tommy Boy at his job is used to being in control. He's behind the security footage, and he's zooming in on the camera. He always gets to see, but for whatever reason, the it's been turned on its head in this weird scenario, you know and he can't would be get in. That blinds are on the inside of a building. Helen Keller, a robot, a fucking oh. robot. Stephen Hawking, <laughs> you're kicking the curb. We're back to robot. Yeah, I, Stephen Hawking would know Stephen how Hawking blinds work. He wrote the fucking quantum physics of the ultimate world, whatever this goddamn book is. <laughs> a I, robot could definitely not figure out, like, blinds. No, he doesn't understand why they're necessary. Daylight savings time. I just time. Johnny oh. Five with a claw, like, <laughs> tapping the glass and going like that, trying to, like, It's like when a cat or a puppy or a kitten gets in front of a mirror or a window, and they're like, what is this? I can see inside, but I can't get out. Cannot interface with window. Window meat it's is the closed. ultimate like uh, window enigma. Meat is closed. Window meat is closed. You will not interface us. You will not interface <laughs> us. You will not interface us. And this was definitely not written by that robot from uh, fucking putting on the wrist. <laughs> That's a real robot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, that I'm it's weird. It's that. so weird. I get out anyway and look around. What? I get out anyway. I guess he's like snoot. He's in his car, like masturbating. He's like, I better, I, I gotta get out of here. He gets his tug in, and normally he just goes on home. Yeah. But this day he wants to fucking snoop a loop. He needs that. He, he's her scent inside him. That's what he. That's what he's looking for. This car seat is finally worn off. Well, no, 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 no. This gives me credence that it might be Stephen Hawking because you know all of his appendages and senses are dead except for maybe his smell. No, if the first thing to go, it's got to be a smell. Okay. Maybe sense a touch because it's next level. So a quick knock from inside the window. That's what he wanted. That's what he was. I, that's what. He oh, wanted. he wanted oh, in return. He, he wanted. He wanted that Morris Ricky's code. face behind it. He went and did the shave and a haircut two bits, and he expected a fucking tune to be on the other side, but it didn't happen. Let's watch Roger Rabbit after this. The area is. By the way, we are back into this author's comfort zone, which is describing. Oh, shit. Ah. Ah. 
The area is trash. It wasn't even shitty like a couple weeks ago. Now it's shitty. Yeah, again. remember? She she's she spruced it up. For all the beautiful furnishings magically acquired on the inside of their place, Siegel and Ricky did very little to spruce up the outside. Um, I'm they sorry. They were renting the place, and they fucking couldn't. They're renting the place. One has a job that she can barely show up for, and the other is ta- super, super dad to the rescue. Fucking DVD. I'm sorry, you don't have goddamn time to landscape. <laughs> yeah. On a property you don't fucking own. Yeah, if it's not yours, you don't landscape it. Cardinal rule of law. I kicked around at pile. He, like that's probably very accurate. What's what's in here? So. <laughs> Rick, Ricky, is your Rick sand in there? Please? Is your sand? Is this an empty Rigatoni box? Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are eighty cents. Twenty six thousand. Twenty six thousand. He founds a bunch of. He, there's a lot of. A lot of electronics and shit there. <laughs> so annoying. I'm so glad this last so one. bad. Me too. I can't. I can't. And we still haven't even gotten to the exciting incident. He's going through this apartment and he finds a picture of who? His sister. Pregnant with child. Smiling the smile of motherhood. And pride. Why is there a picture of Tommy Boy's sister in this apartment? So, obviously, well... I think we're getting... Did we miss a detail, like, back in Tommy Boy's apartment? Did Was this picture in no. his apartment? Okay. No, it was not. It just... And it's been there this whole time. He's been in this apartment a few times. He's never seen this picture By before. the way, can we just go back real quick where he's kicking around the piles of trash and, like, like fingering the little Those beads, beads man. that had fallen off her shirt? That he yeah. attached to his shirt with a bottle cap at some point? I, which, I guess, like, because they're one-sided magnets, so... Oh, yeah, 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 okay. That actually, yeah, yeah, it's a magnet. So he just, okay, yeah, sure. Um, <sighs> he smells her fucking pillowcase. Jerks off it's again. Good, <laughs> tugs it. It's a good whiff of that scent. After he described earlier the sweaty, matted hair neck she had. <laughs> and breathes her in. <laughs> he sucks it in. Like, this human being is described in nothing but negative terms. Uh-huh. Ricky, yes. Lives in a shithole squalor. And there's dirty diapers wafting through the air. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> and he takes the time to go into her bedroom, <coughs> find himself a pillow, and just and just go to town on it. Put it inside him. Full Jeepers Creepers. He's just bringing it in. And then he finds a picture of his plump sister. The very pregnant, the very Catholic. <laughs> Catholic to a fault. Fault, man. The Pope has nothing on his sister. By the way, this guy is has now broke and entered. Uh huh. Yeah, I was gonna ask, how did he get in? I guess it's unlocked. The back door was unlocked. Uh huh. We'll see that later. We'll see it later. Foreshadowing. I get out of the kitchen and continue to look for anything. Not even sure what. I'm far from a detective. Really? Really? Because you just like entered into somebody's apartment and you were kicking around trash. You're currently investigating. You're describing the most <laughs> unnecessary details. You sound like a detective. Yeah, see? I broke in. It's five o'clock on my call sheet. See? Yeah. The only observations I can really make is books on the shelves aren't alphabetical like they would be in anybody else's His pigsty of an apartment. Or D, ILD 32. Well, definitely. Damn near every appliance, knickknack, and electronic. There are three categories of anything that can be in, a, in an apartment. Appliance. Knickknacks. 
electronics. electronics. And he says that all this stuff is like twenty thousand dollars. So what in the world is appliances? I, I guess he means like the refrigerator, fucking stove. So I guess a TV is an electronic and not an appliance. But how the magic the world, TV? How in the world? Now I get it. She she might have stolen some stuff, but twenty thousand dollars well, of stuff. Her, the the je- the venture line jeans alone, the khakis alone. Well, are now, worth a week or more than a week. Do you guys remember the TV show Supermarket Sweep? Yes. Because at the very end, they would like go through the supermarket <laughs> they and they would like. You could fucking like put in turkeys and whole hams and shit to like get as much retail stuff in your car. But at best, and you know, this is like 1994, so like price, you know, inflation and whatnot, they would maybe get four to five hundred dollars of groceries. Now, I get it, there's some electronics, TVs can be a bit expensive. Well, that was magic. He's not saying like this house is full of TVs or jewelry. The microphone that we're using right now is a hundred dollars. That's 200 microphones. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. And this is just a, a regular apartment like the one we're in now. But I, well, it's an it's a extraordinary apartment. But we, we uh, I just imagine uh, Tommy Boy, when he's eyeballing this $20,000, he's like, nah. Yeah, that's see, about, that's, about that's 1672 uh, But that was on sale last week, so it's on the 1533 Yeah, he also is going to be quoting sales prices, too, so. Which he's probably saying out loud. If he Without can. a doubt. To try to impress people who, who aren't, aren't there. there. Except for that DVD. This is stuff a robot would know. Yes. Because I bet she has a scanner and he's like scanning the new PC. That skin. son of yeah. a bitch just did an internal inventory. He accessed his memory banks from the company computer. I can't believe there are no QR codes. Okay. <laughs> Other than the smell of the lack of anal retentive organization foreshadowing. The place is remarkably clean with every last stolen product in perfect position. He just said the apartment was, was a mess. Shithole. He just fucking said the apartment <laughs> was a mess. But everything's in perfect position. I look around the bedrooms and spend yeah, some time on the pillows. Yeah. Find Ricky's and shame myself for a moment as That's I smother my face. Defense. Yeah, it is. I am shameful now. But I'm going to go ahead and get this tug in. Looking up, hoping to God, there was no one behind me with a camera. No! There wouldn't be! Maybe a police officer? Because you broke it in. But the thing is, do people just... Then you all pumped! Do do people just have cameras, though? Or Uh, is he expecting another robot like himself (laughs) that has a camera like here or here or here? That is constantly filming. You are on candid camera. <laughs> Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. <laughs> Joe Chris Hansen. Have a seat. Hey, why are you here? Have a seat. That that would be it. That would be what? amazing. The would, conclusion to this is a uh, if 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 he catch if, a if he broke in and Chris Hansen was like, have a seat, seat robot. Can you tell us why you're here? We have the chat logs. Uh, oh, I uh, bet you there's logs. All right. I was worried. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So he finds a picture of his sister. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Looks in the back like it's a movie. Doesn't find anything, and just goes on about his. By the way, can we just? He said either last episode or two episodes that when he's wondering about the kid, that there are no quote framed photographs anywhere. Then he says, I noticed a framed photograph. <laughs> but this time... But this isn't of Ricky's kid, it's uh-uh. of his This kid. is of his sister. This isn't a photograph no, 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 of the no, no, DVD. No, 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 no. 
Oh, oh, okay. I, I for some reason, this is a photograph of the DVD. <laughs> it's just the insert that they've taken out. And it like cuts off half of like Tom Selleck's. Oh shit. Um. I think the funniest thing we've ever come up with is that they treat a DVD of three men and a, and a baby as if it was a, like a, a baby. Yep. Yep. Oh, Which shit. is what a robot would do. That's exactly a robot, what a robot would, would, do. would another digital would device. think that that is like humor and would and yeah. a human. <laughs> uh-huh. it's a, so there's a, there's a frame picture of the sister. Sorry, frame picture of the sister. He doesn't freak out sufficiently like I would. This is like, just like oh that's weird. What? Really wish Ricky was here. Okay. Robot out. Time to tug again. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get my tug in. Gotta get a T in and get out of here. So he goes Time and to then treat here, this fucking pillow like it's a neti pot and just shove it up my fucking nasal cavity. He gets into a workout montage at this point. He uses yeah. the next several weeks to get himself into perfect shape because he never wants to be put in the position of being defenseless again. He wants to help uh, defend Ricky he learns boxing. He gets angry. He wants her for the Whedon verse, and then he has the most mundane fantasy—a weird fetish, the most useless fantasy anyone has ever had. That includes describing Ricky having a seat while they're—I guess moving. They're moving in together. I guess. I guess. So. Before we get there, he does say in no uncertain terms, "Ricky is a ghost." He what? literally, that's, he oh, literally he does, says, yeah. I have nothing to do. Ricky is a ghost as far as the company is concerned and other objective humans who <laughs> have experience in judging what ghosts are. But you're right, Hankins. He, he goes into some weird details about this fantasy of Ricky seeing him pick Move up the table a, well, he, and it, fucking like drop her panties <laughs> and say, you don't, have to, you don't have to smell anymore. You can, you can take full advantage of this. This is like the first draft. Like yeah. he just I don't think out. so. I think this was like creamed over for a while, and literally. In the fantasy, he's lifting a tabletop. A table. The oh, table no, a tabletop. Top. I don't even know what that, like, who calls it that? Is it the linen <laughs> on top of the table? He's lifting a tabletop, and it's so big. Are we glossing over the fact that he's just creating social, he's catfishing people? Oh, my God. Why? Yeah, Why? he's trying to figure out where and who she is, and he's created all these profiles. And Mike, well, he's not cat. He's catfished earlier. He catfished he's earlier. Catfished he was disgusting. Now, now this, oh, these are yeah, his yeah. real accounts. I uh, buy a cell phone. He didn't own a cell. Phone didn't before. own a cell phone before. Wow. But that's bullshit. Ricky's number was in his phone. I hate this so much. He yeah. went to the contacts that night. Not useful. Nothing yeah, to he offer. Did. He found too friends. Long. Yes, yes. Why is her number in my phone? Maybe a separate cell phone. What does he need? He to had a burner. He had a burner. It's burner. My accounts are littered with personal information in case Ricky wants to find me. Ain't nobody want to find you. She knows where you are. <laughs> well, you know, after the uh, this fantasy, you know, he picks up the table. And he still imagines like they're on the Whedon verse, like looking at the Buffy, and then all of a sudden, uh, this fantasy just gets it gets. <laughs> the fantasy's weird. It, it gets just, graphic. It's lame. Well, the fantasy. He's, the he's, fantasy itself he's is boring lame. Boring as shit. And then graphic. he's so it's... proud of himself because the fantasy is not 
does not involve reverse oh cowgirl. God. Yes. Or sorry, it's both graphic yeah. and boring. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> boring and then graphic I mean, because it wasn't boring. Wait, you guys are talking about like the reverse cowgirl and uh, the, uh, describing your penises penises the side of a toddler's arm. Also, can, can we just remark on how disgusting it is to to talk about toddler toddler's appendages and, that's another and all you, you don't like the baby and the appendages that's of the baby Austin the Powers baby show. has ten fingers Sean you don't like the fingers mm. or the ten little toes the Stop umbilical cord is going to fall off you don't like it you don't like it oh but the baby's bottom <laughs> has a wash <laughs> that's another Austin Powers joke also, it's it like a baby's arm older than an apple yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. It's the Michael Caine. <laughs> also, yes, in gold member. Michael Caine. Uh-huh. Let's, Michael let's talk Caine. cider house rules after this. So, also, I don't mean to get too into this, but is reverse cowgirl really that wacky? Of a, it's just a normal. It's a position. Second tier sexual position. It's, it's, it's not, not like it's not like it's not the Kama Sutra. Yeah, it is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not like the whistling locust, like yeah, or something oh. like something nah, like that. It's fucking great, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's certainly not the first date. It's not it's Do not the go to move, you know, for the first sexual encounter. But it's not out of this world. Do you think this guy, this author, describes reverse cowgirl? So he never mind, never mind. You think that's a classy way to put it, or no, what? No, 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 no. I, I think it's because he just doesn't like to look anybody in the eye. <laughs> a robot would not. A uh-uh. robot would want uh-uh. to finish the job and, and, that's probably and the go only back to data. Can do it. The one robot's port's in the back, and he's yeah, got to be yeah, in an awkward yeah. position. Yeah, male so, to female. Ha, 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 You are making me feel gooder. You are the king. <laughs> oh, baby. I am filling Harder. you up. Harder. I am filling you up. I am complete. <laughs> C-U-M-P-L-E-T. <laughs> but really, I want to know where she is and if she is safe and about a hundred other things. So here we are, okay? We are, we are, at, we are at 22 At the pages. end of 22 pages out of 28. And the next... Creel, can you tell me what the next two words... Words. One of them is word, another is a Roman numeral... After about a hundred other things, at the very end of episode twenty-two, says part two. Motherfucker! <laughs> Thank God we have told our listeners that this is the last episode of it, and that we are twenty-two out of twenty-eight. Uh, uh, but we've been twenty-two pages. And the most exciting incident is fill in the blank. Sean, what's the most exciting thing that's happened in twenty-two pages? I was a big fan of a mirror. Okay. <laughs> Hankins, what was your most exciting uh, event? Pamela, old bitch Pamela. Old bitch Pamela is definitely number one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I mean, the most exciting thing, I guess, would be the, the chase, car, not chase. The breaking car ride? In. I don't... The, the time the that... Sister, the, the sister thing is probably the... Yeah, the that's the big... The, the swerve. <laughs> that's the, the biggest swerve, but who gives a crap? <laughs> All I knew uh, when that robot was fucking that other robot. Creel, <laughs> Creel put in a. Creel had a pretty good comment on the uh, $20,000 worth of shit in the apartment. How did she steal all this if she has no method of transporting it home? But also, we live in a, in a world where she both doesn't have a car and has a car. Yeah. <laughs> that isn't there. <laughs> That is gone. It's like Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's car. Is the car there? <laughs> or look in the. Ay, ay, ay. Part two. A uh, part two. Technically halfway done. 
We are more than halfway. If we're, tra- if we're counting parts. <laughs> and so he, I actually like this line because it's, it's a, a callback, a hundred percent from the, the first part one. Line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the robot knows how to t- how to how to flash back, fast flash forward. The usual slash. alarm. <laughs> it was pretty good. The usual alarm rings at the usual time, and I'm ready. See, this I, time he's ready. Rolls. He does not get out of bed, y'all. Yeah. Part That's one, he didn't care rolls for. Out. He he's rolls ready, man. From he's bed fucking ready. To the floor and just starts knocking out push-ups. <sighs> he's not even counting. It's just about time. Until he collapses. Just time. The numbers stopped mattering a long time ago. How long ago? By the way, again, there's... It's there's, been two months. There's no... Does it... Oh, yeah, we've, that's the next sentence. We find that yes, out. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's sorry. been two months since my walk with Ricky. Again, a person he's met four times. And a walk that was pretty prematurely interrupted. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And they this, only made it to Fourth Avenue. This, I mean... <laughs> and you know that that's... From Ricky's house to Fourth Avenue is nowhere. I mean, that's like two blocks. You know they. You live. know where the old quadplex is on Fourth Avenue. You know they live on Second and B. <laughs> <laughs> Details of her appearance, her smell, are yeah. fading. But he's still so into her. He's still got that pillow. He loves that fucking smell, dude. Gradually he... disappearing into nothing, bits and pieces, like clips from a movie you love but haven't seen in years. Like, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like Short Circuit. <laughs> oh, man. Clip from the movie you were in, but I hadn't seen it yet. Do you guys know Short Circuit is much superior to the, to the sequel, Short Circuit 2? I don't doubt that. Short Circuit 2, he's like loose in New York City and I hijinks mean, occur. Is that the one where he joins a gang? Yes. Well, Los Locos, I don't know, Grill. Los Locos kick your balls. Well, Short, short Circuit 1 like, lays the groundwork right. in the mythology. Right. Right. Los Locos kick your short balls Circuit 2 fucking place. pisses on the mythology. Yeah. And I will not take that back. <laughs> right. Does Johnny Five ever drink Five Alive in Short Circuit? Nah, uh, no. Man. He should have, though. When's the last time you've seen Five Alive? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't know the fruit drink Five Alive? It's like it was no. a frozen can, like you stick in the freezer and well, then like, you thaw it like out. Well, it was also like a carton, yeah, yeah. like orange juice. No. It's just juice, like Kool-Aid. or. It's juice. There, there are five fruits in it. There's two fruits in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty! <laughs> Should have extended the guilty for like. I tried. I was out of breath. <laughs> I get in post. <laughs> Five Alive is a line of fruit juice blends. Oh, God so damn it. Tommy Boy Tommy Boy is missing Ricky, but he's focusing on focusing bulking on his body. up. Well, not bulking him. Oh, he doesn't want mass. He wants he just like lean. Wants strength. Seven varieties of Alive. Strength. Winter crop. Invigorating blend, pomegranate, tropical, berry blast, passionate peach, and the original citrus version, orange, lemon, grapefruit, tangerine, and lime. He's also started boxing. Yeah, he's. And while he's boxing, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is not strange. This is where it gets weird. You focus on, you know, people that make you angry and you. Uh, sure, you know, I guess. Joseph, head captain, Joseph? we love him, but, you know, Tommy Boy's got his problems with I just imagine Tommy Boy speed bagging, like, <laughs> <a> thing, <laughs> but, but, but the ball not moving at all. <laughs> Ow! Ow! Siegel, you know, I don't know why he wants to punch Siegel. We really, but the third party, <laughs> the third is one disturbing, is makes no sense. Siegel has done nothing wrong, not really. Well, no, yeah, no. I and, mean, he's the beard, but yeah. And but Christy, Christy, the HR lady who gives people jobs, 
He imagines punching her in the face. Why does he boxing. have beef with Christy? I have no clue how, what Christy um, did I'm to sorry. get crossed with him. Why does he have beef with Joseph? Joseph is not a villain. We, in his we book, understand in his book yes. we understand and this is that. his book this, this, this is his book this is him try, if we can get back to Chuck Palahniuk oh in Fight Club this is him trying to write the scene where like um, Edward Norton's boss calls him out for having like blood on his shirt or something like that and then Edward Norton like beats himself up and then blames it on yes. his boss it's, it, it's, it's him trying to get back to that it is that what it, the fuck is Christy? I, I don't know what Christy I don't know. We missed there, that. She hires We need the backstory. Literally, the only thing we know about Christy is if you see Christy, you have you a, job. a job. That is all we know about you her. Know that job. And that she's not black. Yeah, because she hasn't. Because <laughs> he didn't say black-ass Christy. Speaking of Joseph, by the way, again, Hankins, in this he... in this audio piece, this includes the rap, rap and captain. Um... Which again, fantastic. But I have to say, how successful of an individual is Joseph? This is obviously one store in a very large chain. Yes. But he has been chosen to cut commercials to for the entire. To be the company. face of really? the. Really. He did the shiny commercial. Yeah. And he's the rapping. The shiny commercial seems like a like a more local thing because that is the shiny specific event yeah. for that shiny. Or maybe they have a chain like. I think his Black History Month script is clumsy, but I think he has good intentions. I think his heart's there. You know what? I think the people that hear that understand that, like we said in the first episode, this is a guy who's having a good time down at the store. He's the mini-mall guy. That's who he That's is. That's exactly who he is. That That's is who Joseph. he is. Except for he's white because the author didn't say, didn't that he say otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they wouldn't make a formal Captain Black. That's just not going to happen. Well, not in Tommy Boy's world. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. So Tommy Boy is going to go on vacation. For the first time in years. He's going to take his vacation without them forcing it on him. He's got two weeks. And instead of doing his normal Netflix binge, he's going to see that pregnant sister of his. And this, is, of course, is after he has a breakfast of a protein shake. <laughs> tastes like strawberry chalk. <laughs> he, he finishes it, unwraps a piece of unseasoned chicken breast from last night because there are so many empty calories in cumin. In seasoning. Unseasoned chicken? Why would uh, why would seasoning make it any less healthy? Putting pepper on something isn't unhealthy. Because <laughs> he's fucking he's, all his time is invested in doing push-ups till he collapses. Putting salt, maybe a little bit, well, would yeah, be unhealthy. Yeah, but too much. Pepper, pepper, a little bit of like lemon herbs, lemon on there, some oregano is lovely he, with lemon. The author needed to let us know that he is serious about health now. You could even put hot sauce on chicken. Hot and we sauce know is he low fucking cow. loves hot sauce. Yeah. Fucking low cal. But there's probably like a lot of empty calories in chapstick, though, which he needs after the, ch- the hot sauce. He also mentions well, that's uh, a remedy. He mentions that he was worried. He got in shape partly because he was worried that he was going to get hemorrhoids from lifting a case of water. That can't happen. Is that how hemorrhoids? Hemorrhoids. Work? I'm not a doctor, but I know uh, hemorrhoids. But he is a judge. Now you could get a hernia from lifting something that if you could get. if you're not doing it right, but hemorrhoids. I don't think that's how hemorrhoids work. I don't. Is hem? How do hemorrhoids happen? Is that just from like a video? Do pee pee is all I know. I don't even think it's worth like looking up. Let's move on. Hemorrhoids. Okay. Are swollen veins. Sure. Uh-huh. In the lowest part of your rectum and anus. 
the tip of the anus. The tip of the, the anus. The tip of the ass crack. Yeah. Sometimes the walls of these blood vessels stretch so thin. Oh, this is great foreshadowing. That the veins yes. bulge and get uh-huh. irritated, especially when you poop. Do do pee pee, like I said. So if you shit while picking, <laughs> I up, shit. Yes. Maybe <laughs> <I> it, <laughs> if you shit while you're bending over, yeah, picking up a case of water, you get a hernia you and get a, some Maybe he was bending over while she said, "Oh, you're making lucky." Maybe he ventured into this is a why, dressing room. This is why this guy. Yeah. This is why this guy can't. Maintain any human contact because anytime a woman shows any pays any attention to him, he just shits his pants. Shit. See, that's a, a a robot would would speak like that. Like I feel, I, I shit. hate, I love, I shit. I have no mouth, but I must scream. I pee. <laughs> a human would say, "I'm going to take a shit." A robot I says, "I shit." shit. <laughs> Are you paying by cash or credit? <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Uh, we get one more. We get one more appearance from Joseph. <laughs> one last one, and we also get the line from Tommy Boy: "Christ, fuck, crap." A callback, which is to very close to Mickey. the shit crap. Yes, shit, yeah. shit crap, fuck, shit. Oh, oh. Uh, but Joseph, you know, he does his thing. He does his thing. Stephanie's trying to plan a sick child today, and at any rate, he puts Tommy Boy back on cameras. And he sees the Jess dog. And the Jess dog has taken it a little further than the last time we saw him. When he was just talking the deal up. The art of the deal had gone to the point of getting the contract signed. I'm so sorry. I know we're trying to move through this and not make like a three hour episode. Yes. But I feel like we're skipping over the fucking fact that he makes fun of victims of Hiroshima. If you want to get into bad mouthing Joseph, then if that's what you want to do, I'm not here. Again, I think this is a world where <laughs> the uh, where Tommy Boy just hears things. I don't think Joseph isn't going to say this. Well, I, I think Joseph was in the Navy and fought the Japs in World War II, <laughs> so he's got not a little a, bit of animosity. Not an acceptable term. Tommy Boy, he's got a little bit of animosity. Tommy Boy, yes, Joseph, Captain Sir, just cleaning up a bit. Good. Your desk looks like Hiroshima. I'm surprised there aren't mutant Asians trying to build shelters out of all that crap. Fix it up. He, he, want, he, he wants a clean clean house. Just clean your clean desk, house. man. Clean desk. That shit is fucking offensive as fuck. That might be the worst line so far. Oof. I don't know. Oof. And I... Worse than black part of town. I, I, that's that's tough, man. Well, I mean, one of the two nuclear attacks. Sure. Ever. Uh huh. Both by the same country. Mm-hmm. Uh. Continue. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. It's fucking nuts. So anyway, Tommy Boy is working the cameras. He's working them cameras. Beat back the, the Germans. Yeah. Into the world war. Yeah. That lady kissed that sailor. Mm-hmm. That lady was sexually harassed by that sailor. <laughs> yep. Louis C.K. was in that Louis C.K. got off that boat, grabbed that lady that he didn't know, kissed her, and it was on the front page of the papers. Louis C.K. did all that. <laughs> so Tommy Boy puts him on cameras. Yeah, he's, he's scoping it out. Stephanie is claiming that her child is a sick. sick. 
with a cold <laughs> if you get me. No, Joseph, I don't. I'm not tracking. <laughs> so, his mind drifts to Ricky, but his eyes see the Jess dog. Um, I'm going to sit back. You guys take this on. I'll chime in because I have one thing that I need to say. So, uh, we all know what Jesse does at this point. Allegedly does. Allegedly does. In the, uh... Well, it's not allegedly. In the, uh, dressing rooms. It's like he knows where the cameras don't point. Well, Tommy Boy sees him leading a young lady into the dressing room. It's assumed that he's blackmailing her. Yes. She looks to Like, she's not going in. She's not... Willingly. She's not going in willingly. She's being... Well... Bamboozled. She's she's got a hangdog. She's being coerced. She's she's going under... At least in the... That's, now, we we know we don't have a reliable narrator. So, uh-uh. in his mind... That's true. That's he true. doesn't see what's going on. He doesn't hear what's going on. But he tries to put one and two together. And he probably doesn't know what uh, a consensual... Sexual He does not have human contacts. So, who's to say what's really going on? True. True. But But it doesn't look good for Jesse. That that raises his ire. Sure. And so he fucking takes off on a dead ass power walk. Yeah, he he disregards like the freezer section, the gardening (laughs) section. He's making that beeline to the and dressing room. And he says rooms. that he and at least twenty other sections. Yeah. Yes, he says he's aisle seven. He walks the walk of mall walkers. Yeah, as he's going through here. And what really, what really gets his dander up is he sees the sixty-year-old uh, um, security guard. Sure. Just kind of give the thumbs up to the Jess dog and be like, hey, you know what the time security it is. Security guard is in. You know what time oh, it is. Yeah, <laughs> So he just gets to the dressing room area and he starts fucking kicking in doors. Boom! There's a big ass lady I with mean, a little ass bathing suit. There could Boom. be a, there could be like a three year old boy in there Absolutely like could changing. Be. Could be Louis C K could be in there just jerking the shit out of it. Yeah. Boom! He kicks in the second door. Nothing there. Kicks in the third door. Door number three. And there's Jesse. Bear ass. He's greeted by the bear ass. Greeted by the bear ass of Jesse. Oh. And Jesse is can uh, we, we violating have, a girl, violating anally. We have to we a have young to, woman. We have to talk about the the words that are used. Pumping <laughs> furiously, wailing. I would say, but yes, pumping furiously into the ass. And this is where I I would uh, like to know how he can determine what orifice is being penetrated from his angle. Yeah, especially if he sees... He just sees Jesse's ass. He can see the girl's face in the mirror. So he's behind I mean, we know this guy knows about reverse cowgirl. It's true. But he's... I mean, that's a pretty... But he's making a quick determination. But But that's to the point that if that's adventurous for him, then he definitely does not know. Sure. So he's taking a guess. However, my... I have a lot, there's a lot of things just this entire rape scene is described so graphically it's goddamn disgusting it's not surprising because he go I mean he goes into detail about everything everything yeah, and he it's does unnecessarily but there just seems to be 
delight. Oh, there in the is way a, in this the description. Guy, oh my god! But the thing is, her pure white panties. That's the juxtaposition. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Which, if you use the term pure and pure white in a story in which you are talking about the black part of town, uh huh, and you only describe people of color if they're black, there's just the optics aren't great. I don't think they meant it that way, but don't, don't. Uh, need I remind you? Nothing. Nothing is an accident. Yeah. Nothing is a goddamn mistake. Well, the, I mean. It was the innocence he was referencing. So. Her ass innocence was being taken from so, her. By Jesse C.K. He's in there going to town on this uh, poor, poor girl. This is, this is, I mean, he describes a crime scene. Uh-huh. Which is what it is, and that's fine. Jesse turns around smiling. Yeah. This is the part I don't I don't care for. He does. <laughs> the whole the whole scene, but this particular line. The fact that this particular Tommy line Boy, is the, the, the worst of them all. The fact that Tommy Boy attacked him? No 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 that Jesse is like, yeah. 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 That's the part I don't like. Yeah. I also don't like that this is a, a huge I don't like that you've described him as a, well, I forgot part. about this part. You I forgot, forgot this about is this the, part. The only time anything happens in 12,000 I got so bored. I got so bored with everything else I forgot about this. But anyway, like okay. it's it's a huge store. If someone is being violated, surely a customer somebody you think would pick up on the fact. Horny onlooker? Yeah, a Louis CK in the stall next door. <laughs> Somebody. Louis C.K. is like, over the top I've had enough. <laughs> hey, do you guys mind if I jerk it? You, mind my you would quick? think that pull somebody pull. would hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> somebody would say, hey, is there what, a uh, What's that noise? noise? I can't get away from the, I'm greeted by the bear ass. <laughs> Hi, ho. Yeah, they're Just, doing like the Ace Ventura, like, Hi, I'm Jesse. <laughs> Let me ask you a favorite question. Do you mind if I bear ass you a question? Just pump it. He's just pumping. pumping away. So anyway, Tommy Boy breaks up the rape and then violently I, I attacks this guy. I don't hesitate to punch him directly in the nose, as opposed to like here or, or, there, or there, maybe the, the no, cheekbone. Directly up. in the nose, not he's indirectly. Squared his ass up. Now I don't know how big you guys are on vigilante justice, a Batman well, of sorts. I'm in favor of. <laughs> and, and we'll get to the Dark Knight in a couple there. But I get it. If you see something bad happening, you know. I, you know, I, I would say don't be a hero. Is but there, if you have to, if you have to do something, do something. But let the authorities see something, say something. Yeah, of if a rapist is happening, you, you stop rape the rape. That's another and, way. And, but you don't have to beat the guy mercilessly. That's for the courts and for this society is the, this to judge is the legal on. Coming out of you. Is there you a can, chance? Sorry. No, I'm, I'm just saying, Tommy Boy went a little too far. He deserved to get fired. And you cannot replace him, but <laughs> well, to be get clear, out of here because you are a threat to our customers. Is there a, and and I actually don't disagree with you because it sounds like the company just has a temporary hold on everybody until they gather all the facts. Sure, and I, that's great policy. Like understand everything before you make the This is what we're call. hearing from an unreliable and unrelatable narrator. Mm-hmm. But do you think there's a chance that this was all an act, Jesse? The Poor woman with pure white panties. Um, 
Do you think that they were part of a reality show in oh my God. called What Would You Do? Uh, where like What Would You Do? Where the, would you were asked to break up a rape for freedom. Raped, where like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they uh, they have like a, a barista refusing service to a Muslim woman and they, they're like, what are these uh, bystanders going to Are they going to speak up and, def- and defend well, these if, people? if that's what it is, like the 25 page like introduction to <laughs> this payoff unnecessary. Just start so on page funny. 25. And then a producer from ABC came out and said, you're on what would you do? You so is this, is this By the way, the... you owe us $25,000 <laughs> breaking your... So in most, like, know. just basic generic writing, in order to relate to the narrator, you're supposed to give them, give them a heroic moment. The heroic moment for our narrator doesn't happen until page 25. It should happen, like, in page two that he sees, like, somebody, a poor person outside the store begging for money. He's like, he's like, hey, there's chicken sandwiches here. Here, have mine. That could have happened on page two, and we have a good relationship with the narrator. Why did we have 25 pages of dribble until something happens? And again... Yeah, you're completely right. There's no save the cat moment yeah. until tw- page 24 to 28. And it goes back to the, there's no entry point for the reader. There's no, like, Ignatius Riley, whatever the fucking dude's name. It's it's insane. Someone once told me, never fight a man with his pants down. Who says that? <laughs> a fortune cookie? Not even fortune cookies say that. <laughs> That's, Not even robots a, say that. No one says that. Somebody once told me, never fight a man with his pants No, down. the saying is, don't punch a guy with glasses. Don't, uh-huh. That's it a is. saying. That's a saying. But don't but, punch somebody with their pants well, down? Also, he doesn't. this robot doesn't understand a lot about fight mechanics. Because look, if I'm in the middle of a rape... Some USB hard, cord once told me... <laughs> And I get cracked in my fucking nose, and my nose breaks. I'm not in a fighting mode at that point. No, you're, you, still, you're probably getting harder. Unless Jesse is some sort of Superman, you don't come back from a broken nose that easily. You're Especially out. when you're surprised you're by it, like you're you just dot in the, the nose. The blood will start. Shit your senses up. will go haywire. You're 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 rocking a half a chub still. Equilibrium Ooh, is gone. I think I think Jesse's got a big old ding dong, and it's like <laughs> it's it's like full on. It's full on all the way up, and like this is close hand. This is close quarters combat. Sure, he's he's there's some contact south of the equator. <laughs> Well, they, he starts kicking him in the groin. This is what I'm saying. The vigilante justice should stop when he you pull him off the girl. You can hold him on the hold him on the floor till the cops get there, but you don't get to beat him mercilessly to like weird, live out some weird fantasy. I, I love how and th- ask the girl to kick him too. Come on, I love get how, in I love how the narrator says after one block punch, like he hit R two three. He hit him three times. He's doing the Karate Kid. Oh, 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 wax on, oh, wax off. A paint defense. <laughs> By the way. After one block punch, like, this is, this is the, and I say this as somebody who's never gotten into a fight, but this is, this is somebody, somebody who's never been in a fist fight before. Robot. Yes. A, like robot, a robot. A robot. <laughs> Stephen Hawking has not been in a fist fight. So he beats, he finally gets the best of Jesse, tells the girl. He's been in a skin fight. Oh, I don't know what that means. What? That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> he, can't, he can't make a fist. That's uh, that's uh, a finger fight? That's, 
He draws his lines in weird places, huh? <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this for a couple of years. I've had several Natty Daddies. Oh, By the way, Natty Daddy, official sponsor of... Cold Dog Soup. Cold Brew Soup, am I right? Well, he figured his balls deserved some pain, Krill. After all the nuts he popped Then I off went cheap. In after I girls. also went cheap from punching a guy who's... Hey, I'm just saying Jesse has rights. Jesse... Has rights. This podcast is about one thing, and that is rights for the aggressor. That is what we're about. Despite my best efforts, <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> well, if the story had ended here, we would say, wow, that was weird. Took a real graphic turn at the end. But I guess Tommy Boy learned something. He grew up, and that would be that. But uh, no, no, we're not done. Because Tommy Boy now has a long vacation to take. A forever vacation because the company has fired him. Can I just, I'm, I'm, I, I know I'm just adding minutes and minutes to this episode, but, but where are we at right now? Uh, we are an hour 12 and okay. my computer can do this much more because I'm out of space. Okay. Um, <laughs> I really am. VO, VO, got yeah. it. Um, so there are, there are short stories and this is one of them where nothing happens until the very end um but, that, but the key the key word there is short yeah. stories uh, a, a, a good man is hard to find good man's hard to find the lottery is, uh, is the good story of an hour a good man is hard to find is is, is that where like the the family is on the, yeah. the thing and yeah. the grandmother yeah yep. but but it all good makes man sense is hard to completion it all, it all makes yeah, sense it wraps at the up end. it's and, a nice neat little package and like you don't know where it's going but like because nothing happens the the action at the end validates every single thing that's ever that that happens in the previous 10 pages or whatever. This is just a rape. <laughs> this was a 25 page build up to a rape. To a rape and then a unsatisfying consequence of the rape. Both men are fine. He doesn't mention that Jesse goes to jail. He doesn't no, mention Jesse the trial. just gets off the hook. Man. He's just on a fired technicality, from the I guess. I guess because he was assaulted at work, yeah. they just split the difference. He's fired from the company, and so Tommy Boy is going to see his sister, and uh, to get there, how does he get there? By a, the well, my friends, let me tell you, no map, no, no GPS, uh-uh. no cell phone, nope, none of that. Mm-mm. He simply follows every sign that says south until he reaches Huntsville, Alabama. Unfortunately, he goes down to Jacksonville <laughs> first. He could end up like uh, in like Argentina. Every <laughs> sign I just, south. I just imagine him. Like, he really would. Because you know this guy's like driving like a Subaru outback. Like you, I just imagine him going. Welcome to the great state of Arkansas. God oh, damn, damn it. it. <laughs> south. He just keeps riding south. Um, th- there's not a whole lot of meat here, so we're going to blow through this. Gets to his sister's house, uh, realizes what it's like to have a caring family, which he's always had. They yeah. didn't desert him. They weren't estranged. Nope. He just was too dumb to go talk to him. He them. was like a cookie-cutter semi-mansion. Yeah, a nice house well, yeah, for they, a working family. They decided to do them. something. So. Uh, they got some nice kids. The kids are hanging out. He gets them some presents. Uh, decides he talks about Batman for a while. 
uh, does some wrestling moves out of nowhere. Oh yeah, you like that Dark Knight? Huh? Yeah, that yeah. Guy, huh? that, that, that Joker. Yeah. yeah, this guy. He like, fights Joker. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what, what he, does. he does. That's, that's what Batman it. does. Huh? All he, <laughs> everything any human <laughs> says to this guy, he just responds with what that. I, in which aisle that is on? Yes, that's all he knows. Oh, you're playing. Oh, you. you oh, you have some lawn furniture out there. Nah, mm. uh, that's A14. in the gardenware section. Yeah, A14. <laughs> it was on sale last Saturday for sixteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, I'm watching. The Easter's man. coming up, and we're gonna stock it back up because you know nothing in retail is a mistake. And if we'll we'll push whatever products out there, you won't fucking care. I'm You'll watching. fucking buy it. Fucking sister puppet. <laughs> Fuck you, Matt. I'm done with this. Y'all wrap it up. Fucking sister puppet! No, no, continue. I'll chime in. Matt. I'm done. Matt, sister puppet. The way he delivered that last line, he, like, sh- like just did an ice cream break to the microphone. He did. He did do an ice cream break. So, yeah, nothing but passion. Meets his family. Uh, the uh, it's a fine night. He fights the joke. He, he realizes <laughs> that he should have just... Stayed at his sister's house, but he's got he's got he's he got already, a hotel. He already sister made the reservation. Female version of himself. Female version of himself. You already made that reservation. You cannot. No, 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 Never no, cancel I guess a reservation. Uh, La Quinta on University. Yeah, because they're super exclusive, and if you just don't show up, there's definitely and you've never given them a card or right, anything. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really gonna charge a shit out of you. So he gets there. He gets inside his room, shuts the door, and he turns around. And Ricky is on the bed. The and he's feeling great because he's been doing ab and ass crunches on the drive. Oh, yeah, he did yeah, a lot of... He's, and he's listening to that vampire book, too. He's very toyed. And, uh, T-Y-T-G. And that's it. That's, that's fucking it, guys. So Ricky's there. Ricky's there. Ricky is there. Um, the only thing I would say that we skip past is that his sister, like, kind of romantically whispers into his ear, Don't you? And then, like, just like coquettishly, probably licks his cochlea. So we've had twenty-seven <laughs> minutes of boring narrative, dirty people, <laughs> one exciting incident, and then a non-conclusion. Well, ladies and gentlemen, so that's the end of retail. That's where the, the author left it. That's he where left the author it right left there. it. However, you, us. And the author is lucky, listeners, you, because we're going to come back, we're going to get Frank, the tank, to, we're going to finish this, we're going to talk about that, where it's going, where we think it's going, um, and that's it. Guys, final thoughts, how much time do we have left? Uh, 14 minutes. Plenty of time. I can't wait. Who wants to listen to that Parliament song? <laughs> yeah. Gated on you! <laughs> I can't wait until we let Frank help finish this so I can then do an episode on that where I make fun of Frank. Well, I just don't know what you can do with this. What is the ultimate conclusion that. Can, can I share. So no. Spoiler alert. Uh, I, I, there's, there's nothing here. They he he so Rick, Ricky's in the hotel room. They bone and then what, what are you doing here? Oh oh oh, Tommy! Oh, okay, how are you? What? I just oh you, shit! You, fuck. I found that picture, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, is that what you think it could be? We we were here to protect him. 
nephew, you whore. Who cares? I mean, it's and just... by my nephew, I don't mean my penis. <laughs> what if he just called it his nephew? <laughs> uh, it's 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 hard, but it sure is. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Uh, I'm glad to say that I'm, I'm just as flabbergasted by this right now on my hundredth reading of this as I was literally a hundred. The, like, other, I mean, the Shack rule is not into a, is not an no, effect because no. I have definitely read this a hundred times in a row, and I've come to the same conclusion every time. I will say that I'm satisfied. I was looking forward to this. Wait, so we need a final ruling? Oh, from that's Judge true. Judge Based Trio. on what the author gave us. In parts one That's through five of retail, guys, unprecedented. This gets a thumbs down. That is fucking crazy. I judge this guilty of being terrible. I've I had, didn't think it would happen. I've had some conversations with Creel over the past goddamn month that we've fucking done this, yeah. not more than a month, and he's kind of like toyed with the idea of like at the last minute you know I don't think this is really that bad no that is this, that's how bad this shit is so we we have to thank our anonymous submitter if indeed he or she did submit something they wrote uh you're definitely a braver soul than I could yeah, ever yeah no no props to them for putting this out there yeah, but for sure this is where it should end. Don't try to like redo this. There's Don't. nothing here. This is unsalvageable. There's, there's nothing. I'm going to say take our notes. Take our notes and then and rewrite the whole thing. Where we Don't rewrite go. anything. Rewrite it all. <laughs> <laughs> Literally cut off all your fingers so you can never type again. Right. Mr. Robot, cut off your appendages. <laughs> Stephen Hawking, just, just phone it in, man. Just give up. Rewrite everything. Unplug everything. Resubmit it. And I cannot wait for Retail 2, A Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> Ooh, what about an American Retail with Five on the Mouse? Somewhere out there. Is Fourville in that too? There's a girl in the big moon sky. So, this has a silver lining to this. Truck backing up, I guess. Backing that thing. Back up. it up, back it up, back it up. A silver lining to this, this has inspired me to try and hunt down the story I wrote that I think we've talked about briefly called The Unanswered Prayer, which is named after, after a Garth Brooks song. Garth Brooks song. I do want to say one thing. I do not want to dissuade any listeners from sending us stuff. Uh-uh. Because most of the times, I, I, I love Listen. art being art. This is not art. Oh, oh I'll, I'll say this much. So please send us stuff. The, pers- I, the person who sent this to us at throwtheflagnetwork at gmail.com sent this to us after, I think we were on episode six when we got it, of you guys just destroying me. I was always on your side, though. Yeah. One I love it. You, were, you, were, you made impartial judgments. You... Your, your final verdict were on, sure, was sure, on sure, my sure, side. Sure, 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 But you, you questioned, you, you dug in just sure, like Matt yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's what this is. I mean, shit, we did the same thing to Tussie Crook. Which is bona fide great. You can't, you can't not what's great. No, 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 Tussie Crook, not Six Ball sure. Roulette. Oh, God. Samantha summons... By the way, I, Oh, shit, I forgot. So the next thing that we're going to do here... To your point, Creel, was a listener's submission. submission. 
and I don't have a bad word to say about it. Right. Uh, you know. Oh no no no! Is is that the next one or is that executive producer somewhere? Yeah. The, the, yes. We've got some like, good stuff in the pipeline from some loyal yeah. listeners who who Keep love the coming, show. Keep them coming, guys. Keep them coming. Trust me, there, there are some gems out there. The next couple of things are a hundred percent gems. I think they're gems. You know, I All hate killer. to I hate to no foreshadow killer. some stuff. But and you have to we'll recuse get, yourself. I think you've already kind of been out. There. And yeah, then we'll get back to Sean's dumb horse. Right. Shit. Right. 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 Don't think that that's going to stop. Oh no, there's plenty. <sighs> Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. It always turns into a musical episode here on Cold Dog Soup. We made it, folks. You made it with us. We just got through multi-thousand words that none of them should have been written. That was retail, and this has been Cold Dog Soup. Some of God's greatest gifts. <laughs> Unanswered prayer.